You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we're in week three of this New Testament campaign, and, and let's give uh, Mike West, pa- Pastor Mike, a big hand for, for him sharing a great message last week. <laughs> Mike talked about the power of the message, and, and, and we revolved around Acts 1-8, uh, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, even Oracle. Even Mammoth, even Samuel, right? Even Tucson. Uh, last week I was preaching in San Diego. Even in San Diego, it was rough. You know, going to San Diego and preaching it was rough. Um, and, and so uh, I suffered for the gospel. I suffered for the gospel. But it was, uh, now I'm back and, and I'm, I'm excited about what God did over there. I'm excited about what God is going to do here. But I want to start out with a question, okay? I want to start out with a question. How, how many of us in here have ever struggled with uh, being ashamed of, of someone or something. And I know you're all, you're all going to raise your hands. Um, I, I didn't think anyone would, but thank you for being honest. You know, maybe when you were a teenager, you were ashamed of your parents. That happens, you know. From 14 to about 16, there's, there's something that happens in parents, and, they, you know, the parents aren't cool anymore. Um, and you didn't want to bring your friends around them. And when you did, you kind of warned your parents, hey, please don't embarrass me. You know, don't, don't do this. You, when, you know, you always do this, and it's just so embarrassing. And, and uh, um, I remember one of my kids, I'll kind of give a, a story. One, one of my kids, I won't say the name of, of, of which one it was. You can guess. Uh, I used to, at times, I was the associate pastor at, at that time when they were growing up. And I would take them uh, uh, to school in our 15-passenger church van. Because I, we, would take, we would take people back and forth, you know, to church and, and things like that. And so we had this uh, LWC 15-passenger church van. And, and uh, two of my kids, they had no problem with that. They didn't care. Dropped me off in front, you know. Dropped me off right in front of school with all my friends. They didn't care one thing but one of them. When we get, I start the van up, let's go. I'll give you a ride to school. You're going to drive that? And we, I would get to the school, you know, the premises, getting to the school, and he'd say, just drop me off right here, a block away. Just drop me off right here. I'll walk from right here. You know, that, that happens to, to a lot of us. We, um, we can get to, to, to a place in our lives that we are ashamed or we're embarrassed of, uh, of, of, of things or someone and uh, let me give you one of my, uh, one of my greatest uh, teaching moments where God taught me the importance of uh, not being ashamed. So I had just started uh, in ministry here. I was, uh, just started to become an associate pastor. And, and there was a guy that came to the church here, um, and his name was Joe. Okay? His name was Joe. And uh, his last name was Flowers. Okay, so Joe Flowers, and he was from this area. And so Joe uh, was a, a, a different kind of a guy. Not, 
not bad. He's just a different kind of a guy. And, and so, so Joel would, would, would come to church, and, 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 and then he, 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 he started to call me and say, uh, uh, Pastor James, can you take me to, to Tucson because I need to go to Costco. Okay, and so Joel had some, uh, some disabilities. Uh, uh, we actually did a, a work day at his house and, and cleaned up his, his house. His house would have probably been condemned if, uh, if, this, if the county would have ever gone there. But we went there and, uh, and, and cleaned up his whole house, and, and, and Joel just didn't have the ability uh, to, and probably the know-how to, to clean up his house and, and do the things that we, we usually do, right? Um, and so he would call me up and say, uh, Pete, uh, Pastor James, would you please take me to, to Costco? So the first time this happened, I was saying, okay, Joe, I would. But in my mind, I was like, oh, my gosh, well, you know. And so we're driving to, to, to Tucson, to Costco. And I know that you guys have never struggled with this. You know, it's just someone like me. Uh, and I'm driving to, to Tucson, to, to Costco, and he gets off, and he's, uh, Joe is the kind of person that would wear more of his food on his clothes than what came into his, into his uh, intake into his stomach. And so he, he had stains all over the place, and, and he would walk, uh, you know, with, with uh, kind of different and he'd get the basket at Costco, and I'll never forget, he would be, he'd be walking with the basket, and he'd be yelling at me like, Pastor James, I'm having such a good time. Are you having a good time? And I was like, oh, my goodness, you know. <laughs> and I try to walk a little bit in front. I know you guys have never done that, right? You've never done anything like that, or walk behind, right? And so I try to walk, and Pastor James, wait for me, wait for me, and so... We, 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 this, this became a regular routine. So at least once or twice a month, I would take him to, to Tucson shopping. And those calls would come in. And, and Joe, uh, his hygiene was not the best. And so I would, you know, roll down the windows and all of these things as we were driving uh, to Tucson and back. And I remember during this period of time, in my mind... I was wrestling because he didn't smell the way I would want someone to smell. He didn't dress the way I would want somebody to dress. He talked loud, brought attention not only to himself, but brought attention to me. And we'd go out and eat afterwards. Every, every time we'd go out to eat somewhere and and I remember he would, you know, I would have to wrestle with my flesh. I'd have to wrestle with my flesh because I was thinking, do I want to be caught seen with someone like this? The time went on, and um, I began to notice that Joe didn't smell as bad. And yet he never changed anything. And I began to notice that Joe didn't look as bad. And Joe didn't sound as bad. It wasn't that he had changed anything, except that God began to change this. And he called me, and I wouldn't complain in my own self, in my own mind as much. I wouldn't wrestle as much and then I got a phone call I got a phone call 
from his caseworker. And that morning, I was supposed to go pick up Joe to take him to Tucson. About a half hour before I was going to go get him, his caseworker called me and said, Joe, we came this morning and we found Joe, and he's passed away. And I'll never forget that day. Because I cried like a baby. And I, I, anyone that knows me, you know that I don't cry too much, you know. Um, and I cried like a baby. And, and, and God had showed me something that was so important because he showed me how to love. He showed me how to love people that maybe others would not love. He showed me how to not be ashamed of people that most people would be ashamed of. And that's what we're going to talk about today. As we read the narrative of the Bible, we're going we're to see a place where Paul says, I am not ashamed. Right? I am not ashamed. See, some of us, and, and I want you to think about this reality, some of us are ashamed to connect ourselves with Jesus. Right? It's okay to go to church. It's okay to sit down over here and, and in our seats. But, I mean, when you're out in the public, you're not going to really be very vocal about this faith that you have. You don't want to mess your peers. You don't want to mess around with your friends that you have because, you know, they, they might feel uncomfortable with you talking about God. And it's okay to talk about God because God is very general. Amen? Anyone can believe in God, but when you pinpoint it to Jesus, now you're getting in someone's face. And we're going to look today of how God changes a man's heart who wrote the majority of the New Testament. His name was Saul. He was his, uh, it was his Hebrew name. And Paul was his Gentile name. And Paul wrote uh, to, the, to the church in Rome. Now, Rome was influenced, of course, by the Romans. And so they were a very uh, progressive church. Action. Romans loved action. It's like America. Where are you from? America. Action. We love to be entertained. We love fast. We love, and don't mess, don't mess with our beliefs. Just, we, you believe how you want to believe. Let me believe how I want to believe. Tolerance is so important. And so Paul was, was, was born into this, this, this era, this generation. And then he, he, he gets saved radically by, uh, by Jesus on his way to Damascus. as He's trying to go and persecute and arrest Christians. And gets transformed through an encounter with the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we come to this place where, it, where we're going to read in Romans, and he says this, and, and, uh, and if, you, if you take out your, your New Testament we passed out, it's on page 175. It's the only time I can say that. It's on page, you know, a certain page. It's the only time I can say this when I'm preaching because usually we have our own, we have our Bibles, and, and, and I, each page number is different. But here we can say that. So on page 175 at the very bottom, I have mine highlighted. So look at the bottom. 
And it says there, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. What does gospel mean, real quick? Good news. That's what the, that's what the, the, the life of Jesus is. It's the, it's the gospel. It's the good news, okay? I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to some people. Everyone. Thank you. Thank you. It brings salvation to everyone who what? Who believes? Everyone who goes to church? No. Everyone who, everyone who belongs to a certain denomination? No. Everyone who makes a trip to Rome? No. Everyone who what? Believes. First to the Jew, and then to the Gentile. Some translations might say the Greek, right? Two representations of humanity. The Jew was a religious, uh, the, the, the religious uh, uh, part of humanity. The Greeks were the intellectual part, the Gentiles the intellectual part. Kind of an a, a agnostic mindset. Anyone heard of an agnostic? I believe there may be a God, but if there, if there is a God, he's very far away. Doesn't want anything to do with, with, with us. Uh, he leaves us alone. Or an atheist. A, negating something, theos being God. So atheist is someone that says there is no God, right? Um, And then he says, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Isn't that awesome? For in the the gospel, in the word of God, the righteousness of, of, of him is revealed to us. Where is the righteousness of God revealed? In the gospel, in the life of Jesus, in the cross of Jesus, in the resurrection of Jesus, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith only at the first time. No. From first to last, you're justified by your faith in what Jesus has accomplished on the cross from first to your last breath, from your first breath that you say, Jesus, I need you to come into my life. I want to follow you from this day forward. I turn away from my own way of doing life, and I'm going to follow your way. That's why he's called the way, right? You're saved from the first to the last, just as it is written, the righteous, the righteous will live by good deeds. The righteous will live by their own merit, the righteous will live by what their grandmother did 10 years ago. The righteous will live because you have a picture of Mother Teresa on your wall. The righteous will live because you invited Pastor James over for lunch and you had tacos. The righteous will live by faith. Faith in what? The gospel. Faith in the gospel. Faith that Jesus paid it all. Jesus plus nothing. That's what saves you. And so people get stuck, and, and, and then you get, you get, you get ashamed of, of faith. Uh, you get ashamed, uh, or you, you alienate yourself from others who believe. 
if you're here and you're a, you're a, 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 doesn't matter what age, if you're here and, 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 and you've maybe said, I don't know about church, I've wrestled with church, i wrestled with God, maybe the things that I've done I cannot be forgiven for, or maybe they're going to judge me, can I tell you that this is a safe place. Jesus is a safe place. The gospel is good news. And it never turns into bad news until people get a hold of it and we, we pervert it. We adulter it. We change it. We, we, we pollute it. The gospel is always good news. And, and so I want to talk about three things that enable us to live our life unashamed and live our faith unashamed. And here's the first way that you do that. The first thing you need to under, understand, is it's a choice of our will. It's a choice of our will. All of us have free will. All of us have a choice in life. You have a choice of who you're sitting with today or who you're sitting by. Did you know that? We don't have assigned seating here at LWC. Some of you may think we do, but we, this is my chair. I've sat here in this chair for 37 years. I bought it. But have you noticed that we all have the potential to be ashamed of not only people, but we have the potential to be ashamed of God? You ever notice that? You know, I am convinced that the Lord orchestrated an encounter with Joe Flowers for me in my life. So that I could learn how to live an unashamed life. He, he, he did that for me because he said, where I'm taking you in ministry, you've got to love people like I love people. Am I there yet? No. Am I closer than I was when I started with, with this man named Joel? Yes. I, I, I jumped some hurdles. You know, here's the thing. Peter told Jesus, he said this, even if everybody leaves you, Lord, even if everybody forsakes you, even if everyone walks away from you, I won't. I'll never be ashamed to walk at your right hand. I'll never be ashamed to walk at your left side. I'll never be ashamed. I've got your front. I've got your back. Don't worry about it. Like they said in my neighborhood, don't worry about it, dude. We got you. Jesus said, before the rooster crows, Peter, you're going to be ashamed three times. You're going to deny me. If you read the narrative, if you read the narrative of Peter denying Jesus, what he did is he disassociated himself from Jesus. In fact, the last time that he denied him, he cursed. So anyone in here that may have a problem with cursing and cussing, you're in good company. Peter did that before you did. And so he was, he was ashamed. He, I, had, had, I, don't, I have nothing to do with him. I, ne- I don't even know him. Right? And we all have the potential to live this, this, uh, uh, this, this life that's ashamed. Um, Jesus, later on, he said this to all believers. He said this to all believers. He said, I tell you, everyone who, who will acknowledge me before men, 
I will, he says, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God, the heavenly host. Not only before my Father, but before the angels. And then he goes on, he says, but the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Do you ever wonder why Jesus said these words? Because we struggle, beloved. We struggle. We struggle sometimes to to talk for God. We struggle sometimes to say we're for God. We struggle when we're in our peers to say Jesus is the answer. Has anyone ever talked to you about a problem in their life? Maybe a family member, they're going through difficult times, and you know that the answer is God, but you're afraid to tell them because you think they're going to think you're weird? You ever had someone just going through the same, same problems over and over and over and over and over again? And you know that the answer is Jesus, but you're afraid to tell them that the answer is Jesus because what are they going to think about you? That's exactly why Jesus was saying this. He said, he said I want you to know that if you're ashamed about me, I'll be ashamed about you. And it's not in a way where Jesus is like being mean to us and he's, oh, if you don't talk for me. He's not like that. Just read the life of Jesus. He's not like that. He offers us good news, right? But he wants for us to get out of this mentality where we're ashamed of the greatest news there is for humanity. And it doesn't mean that you fight with people on Facebook. That's the worst thing that Christians can do. It's the worst thing that Christians can do. Let me say it one more time. It's the worst thing that Christians can do is to get on Facebook and social media and fight with people saying, I'm right, you're wrong. It doesn't say that. It says we have good news. It says we have a better way. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the good news. It's a choice that we all have to make. Paul lost all his popularity when he started serving Jesus. James Reese lost a lot of popularity when he started serving Jesus. Right? You start serving Jesus, you start walking with Jesus, you start getting phone calls. Like, I, I, like, I like the old this guy. I like, I like the old James. Right? Because you start following Jesus. You start living a life that's unashamed. Look at what Paul said. He said, I'm sure that you've heard the story of my earlier life when I lived in the Jewish way. In other words, in, 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 in uh, living a life as a Hebrew, as a Pharisee. That was his old way. In those days, I went all out in persecuting God's church. I went all out. And how many of you know that all of us have potential in our lives and we go all out with that potential? He was doing everything he could in his potential to destroy the church. He said, I was systematically trying to destroy it, the church. Not only was he not a believer, but he would have been ashamed to associate himself as a believer. But here's the thing. God radically changed him. And and, and I want you to think about your life, beloved. I want you to think about when God radically changes you. 
and he's the only one that can, then you start walking in boldness and confidence in the gospel. Paul later on said this in, in Galatians 1.10, he said this, am I now trying to win the approval of humans or of God? Am I trying to please people? And he said, if I were still trying to please people, I would not be serving Jesus. I would not be going out and proclaiming the good news. And how many of us in here is God changing your life and you allow that to happen and you say, you know what? I'd rather suffer with God than to be raised up with men because God's way is better. Anyone agree with that? Anyone tried it the other way? Now, here's the second th important thing that, that happens for us not to be ashamed of, of our faith, ashamed of our, of our walk. Embrace the power. Embracing the power. Can I tell you that a ashamed life, when you live a life that's ashamed, it's a powerless life? Did you know that? A, 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 an ashamed life is a life without a backbone. And that could be in anything. That could be in anything that you're doing, any, any arena of life, any place that you're at. When, when, you, when you live a life that you don't take a stand for what you believe in, for something that's bigger than you, you will live a life that's powerless. Jesus told, uh, here, here's what happened. John the Baptist was hearing about all that was going on. This is after he baptized Jesus. He saw the dove come, upon, come out of heaven and, and fall upon Christ. The, the dove representing the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on him like a dove, right? And, and uh, he saw this power, but then he started to waver because he had been imprisoned. And he sent some of his disciples to go talk to Jesus and say, are you the one that is to come or do we wait for someone else? And Jesus' response to him is important to us. Jesus said this, go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. This is, this is what's really happening, he said. The blind are receiving their sight. Is there power when, people, when blind receive their sight? Yeah. Okay. The blind are receiving their sight. The lame are walking. Those who have leprosy are being cleansed. The deaf are hearing. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. The poor in spirit, the, 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 those that, that, are, that are struggling with, with, with contrite hearts. And he said, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Blessed is everyone who does, is not ashamed, that doesn't stumble because of, 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 my, of my goodness. And, 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 and you walk in a way that you embrace the power of God. And the power of God changes us through the word of God. See, you cannot filter your life. You cannot filter the bad in your life. You cannot filter the negative in your life yourself. You need the word of God. This is what changes our lives. You cannot, you cannot change your life by coming to church once a week. You cannot change your life. That'll start you on the right path. You can't change your life by even going to a small group. Once a week or once every two weeks or once. 
that's not going to change your life completely. That's going to help you change your life. You know what changes your life? Is to internalize the word of God on a daily basis. This is food. This is what changes us. And it's more than getting a tattoo on your, on your arm that says, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or you get a, you know, a tattoo across your back saying, Reese, and, and, you know, I love Jesus. It's more than that. I'm going in a couple weeks to get that, by the way. You guys, you still going to love me? And then the bottom of my feet stomp on the devil, and I walk with Jesus. But it's going to be in green and blue, okay? Some of you guys are cringing right now. Told you. Told you that I, I knew about him. But the reason that this message is so powerful is because it's God-breathed. Do you know that? That's what the Bible tells us. It's, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit breathed on the author's. Everything that we need is in the word of God. Everything that we need. You don't got to go to another book. It's right here. And there's a, re- there's, a renewed, uh, uh, there's a renewed passion in my life for this. Because I understand that this is what changes our life. You know, we, we talked about this, that the gospel, the Bible is not fake news. It's good news. We hear people yelling and complaining, and, 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 and here's the thing. In this world, you're going to have a lot of different messages, but the message of God never changes. And, and Paul said, it is the power of God for salvation. Here's the thing, uh, young lady, young man, uh, uh, middle-aged lady, middle-aged man, and, and you that are seasoned, let's just call it that. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful season. You're seasoned. You're not old. You're just seasoned. You need to know that, 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 that God's message for you is the power of, of him for your salvation from beginning to the end. That Jesus paid it all. Can you tell someone Jesus paid it all? There, there's nothing that we can do. Jesus paid it all. But you've got to read, you've got to internalize that. You've got to understand that, that what does the word say about my life? Especially the New Testament, because the New Testament gives light to the Old Testament. Jesus was concealed in the Old Testament. He's revealed in the New Testament. He was hidden in the Old. He's made known in the New Greg Steer, uh, he's the founder of Dare to Share Ministries, wonderful, wonderful young man of God. Well, he's not young anymore. He's probably in his 40s, you know. Great brother, great brother. He's been here before, and just a great brother. He said, I contend for this, that to gospelize a man is the greatest miracle in the world. All other miracles are wrapped up in this one. To gospelize a man, or in other words, to convert him, is a greater work than to open the eyes of the blind. Why does he say that? Because this changes you forever. You might get your eyes opened up for a season, you know, even for this life. 
but this changes you forever. Right? The word of God never, never, never stops. People need the good news. They need to hear the good news because it's the greatest news that there is. And here's my last reason, my last thing about how do you live an unashamed life, okay? The way that you do that is you have to understand its scope. I'm going to explain that right now. A scope, to define scope, it's the extent of an area. It's the extent of a subject matter that you're dealing with that is relevant to your life. It's, it's the, how broad is it, right? It's, it's how clear, it's getting clarity of it. The, the scope of something is, is a broadened understanding. It's, it's a deeper understanding. It, when you're, when you're, when you're uh, uh, out hunting, um, and you, you're, you're looking at uh, different uh, animals or whatever, and you have a scope, you get a better idea of what you're looking at, right? When you understand the scope, the, 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 the width, the broadness of, of this message, you understand that this message is for everybody. I don't have to be ashamed with Republicans. I don't have to be, uh, well, I don't even know why I mentioned politics. Let's go back from that. Take that off. That's, that's not important right there. You don't have to be ashamed with whoever you're talking to because you understand that the gospel will reach them as well. And that's what God showed me with, with Joe Flowers. God showed me that he loves him just as much as someone that might walk in the doors that I would love to be seen with. You ever had one of those? Right? So on, on uh, last week, I was walking down this mountain because we climbed the mountain to this cross. Uh, it's, it was called, where we were at, it was called um, Pine Valley. Ever, anyone heard of Pine Valley? Pine Valley going up to San Diego. It's an hour away from San Diego. Go up. See, there's a mountain ranges up there. Well, we climbed one of the mountains going up, uh, and there's a cross on the top, so we had some prayer time up there. And I'll, I'll never forget, you know, we, we prayed for a lot of men, almost every one of them, as they were coming down the mountain, individually we prayed. And then I'm walking down at the very end, and I'm walking with this, this young man, and he turns around and he says, uh, we start discussing his life. And, uh, and, and he, he tells me, I was, I, was, I was raised by a farmer, and uh, my dad died at a young age, and my uncle uh, took me into his home. He said, my uncle was one of, uh, of 30 advisors to Warren Buffett. So I, he had a little bit of prestige. And he said, I went to, I moved to San Diego. I became a student pastor. I'm just real quick in the story. Became a student pastor. In that first year that I was a student pastor, they didn't have any funds for the student ministry. And so we had a fundraiser. And, and he said, I had just got done with a business degree. And so God gave me a lot of wisdom in how to handle finances. See, there's people in here that you have a gift with finances. That's God gave you that gift. So this guy says, I, we did this fundraiser, and we raised $10,000 for the fundraiser. I said, do you want to come work at our church? I said, <laughs> and as he's telling me this, he said, um, he said and then the, you know, some of the logistical things that happened, but... 
But then he said, so I, I, my tenor with, with student ministry was one year, and then the Lord called me into the business sect, and so I became a, a real estate agent. And he was, uh, he said, this past year, I was the number one real estate agent and agency in the whole city of San Diego. So um, they made, I'm not even going to go into how much, they made a lot of money. And so why am I saying that? Because he says, these people, he's doing big ministry. He says, these people, they, they, they want to have my name on, on, on this because my name has some clout. Okay? So let's talk about it. Now, someone like him, I would love in my flesh to walk in the door with someone like that. In my flesh. Right? Let me share the gospel with you. Let me hang out with you. Right? Another guy that, that I spent some time with, he has 16 restaurants in, in San Diego. 16 restaurants that are doing fantastic. And as a young man, great looking dude, you know, in shape. Sure, I want to walk with someone like that. Pastor Jamie, wait for me. I didn't want to walk with someone like that. I didn't want to be seen with someone like that in my flesh. You with me when we're honest? But the scope of the gospel is wide enough to love that guy that made millions, multi-millions in one year, multi-multi-millions in one year, and the guy that pushes the basket that nobody wants to be around that has ketchup stains all over his front. It doesn't smell that good. And God wants you to know. He wants me to know. He wants all of us to know that we can have a walk that's unashamed and we can share the gospel with people. It doesn't matter what side of popularity they are. Paul said, it's the power of God for salvation to everyone. Everyone who believes. To the Jew and to the Greek. To the religious and to the intellectuals. There's a lot of religious people that need to hear the gospel because they're stuck in religion. There's a lot of people that don't have religion that need to hear the gospel because they've never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. All they hear is how they believe this perception that Christians judge. If you're, if you're a homosexual, if, you, if you've had an abortion, if you've done this and you've done that, you're bad, bad, bad. That's what they hear. More and more we hear of church leaders that that have molested someone or that they've had an affair or they've had this and they perceive that all Christians are like that. And millennials are running away from, from the church because they don't understand that Jesus is not like that. And neither are his people. And not all people, not all people that go to church are judgmental. Not all people that go to church think of you as, as bad if, if you have a, 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 a same-sex 
uh, um, uh, tendency or you're struggling with that. That some people will love you right where you're at. Or you're divorced. Or you, or you know, whatever you want to talk about. All these things. And, and there's, there, there's something that happens when you understand that the scope of this gospel presentation, this gospel message, reaches everybody. And it changes everybody. Look at what, look at what this man Paul wrote to the, to the church in Corinth. He said this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're new. The new creation has come. The old has gone. I'm talking. Not, I'm not. God is talking to someone here today. You need to know that when you give your life to Jesus, the old is gone. And we're not here to judge you. We're here to love you. You see, the scope of his love is so wide. And it's so clear. He says, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God. It's not from Living Word Chapel. It's not from the Baptist Church. It's not from the Catholic Church. It's from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, gave us, and this is important, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation for us to reconcile people to God, not to us, but to God. And that's what the workday is all about. It's about us going and, and putting our elbows next to someone that would never come to church. An administrator in, a, in, in one of the churches said to me, I don't know where you guys are going to be working, but I want to be a part of that. You see, some people will do that before they'll come to church, but they, they, don't under, they don't get it because sometimes we don't get it. We don't come to church. We are the church. We come to worship because we are the church. I'm going to church. No, you're not. You are the church. He said, he's called us to reconcile the world to himself in Christ, not counting, not counting people's sins against them. Oh, 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 how many Christians count sins against people constantly, and people are running away from what they think is a church because we're not being the church. He's saying, not counting people's sins against them. He has committed to us the message the power of this message to reconcile the world to Jesus. That's what changes lives. That's what changes lives. Get off of your social media. If you're, if, if, get off of that judgmental spirit. I'm fighting, especially right now in the yuckiness that's going on in our world. The devil is playing people like a fiddle. The devil plays people like that guitar. Be wise. Be compassionate. The foot of the cross is level for everybody. For everybody. what the Lord showed me 
and he always speaks to me through my kids and through my family because that is our first ministry. How many of our kids are in church? How many of our grandkids are loving Jesus? And if not, why not? Do they see something different than this? That we're talking about? Do they see something different? Do we live something different? Do we love something different than this? Because God loves us before we ever did anything. And God loves me even after I did things that don't please Him. And can I tell you, I've done a lot of that. I did, I did that with, with Joel. I did that with Joel. And he said, I'm going to show you how to love if you, if you choose to, because I didn't have to answer the phone. I could have said I'm busy. How many of us are too busy to love those people that need love? <laughs> How many of us are too busy? How many of us let fear come in to our lives because God is calling us to love people with his love? And that ain't that hard. I'll tell you, it ain't that hard. Some of you in here, God has used you in the last, in the last month to go and, 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 and come alongside people that have gone through difficult times. God bless you for that. God bless you for that. When you inconvenience yourself for the good of someone else. God bless you for that. Because as Americans, we don't want to be inconvenienced. Did you know that? But God bless you. you say, I will love people because you love me. So I'm going to close with this last, last statement. If you're in here today and you've never taken the, the, the hold of, of the hand of Jesus, today's the day. Today's the day that, that you can say, Lord, I, I, I don't even really know what I'm supposed to do, but I know that I, I need you. And it's not about what you've done, it's about what he's done and what he's going to do and what he's doing for you. Amen? So today just say, Jesus, I just, let's just bow our heads right now and just say, Jesus, I just need you. I just want you. I don't even know how to do this faith walk, this faith thing, but I know that you are the Savior and I know that I can't do it alone. So I just ask you to come into my life. I open up my heart to you right now. Come into my life, Lord. I'll follow you from this day forward. I'll follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. All right, so. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.